Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91. That'll be the last hit out for the Cats. And Tom Hawkins will be very much available. He looms large, needless to say, not just for his physical presence, but for how important he is for the Cats. How will this game be played and what does it all look like? Nick Del Santo has been good enough to join me tonight. Part of our AFL Nation commentary team, one of the sharpest brains in footy. And he understands this week. He's been here. He's been in this week a few times before and knows the, the highs and the lows and the ins and the outs of how to approach grand final week. Dal, appreciate your time, mate. Good evening, Jack. Lovely to be on the program. Hey, um, we're just talking about Tom Hawkins there. I want to ask you about yeah. his potential opponent, Noah Bolter. Now, I first remember the name Noah Bolter, I reckon about three years ago, you said to me, there's just, there's something about this kid. He's, he's absolutely as green as grass, but there's something yeah. athletic about this kid that he could make it long term. Tell us about the first time you came across Noah Bolter. Yeah, he's an interesting case, isn't he? So let's go back to when I first crossed paths with him. I'm not saying that I discovered him or have any claims <laughs> at all, but I was very fortunate to do some work with the Australian um, AFL Academy team, so basically the Australian under-17 team, which he was a part of. So it's pretty much the best 36-odd kids in the country that are about to get drafted, and he was a part of it. And in some ways, what you see from him right now is exactly what he was like going back three or four years ago. He was rangy. He was random at times. Jack, to be honest, like he just did things that you thought, oh my God, like this guy is just incredible. But then he'd also do something you think, oh, I don't know if many players at this age, you know, are trying that particular kick or are trying to mark it when you're in a defensive position. So you could always see the athleticism. He just looked like he just needed some structure in his football game. And I mean, even go back to last year where he had a couple of opportunities earlier this year where he probably sort of cemented his position a lot more. And you'd see glimpses of brilliance. And you thought, oh, my God. Like, and he's obviously been compared to Alex Rance, but he could be the next Alex Rance. But within that, you've also got to take a little bit of good with the bad. And, and the bad could be the ball use at times, could be him running off really aggressively. But if you just isolate the last month, he's hardly put a foot wrong. I mean, he's yeah. an incredible player. He's got all the physical attributes, which we love in key defenders. You know, he's fast, he's evasive, he's got great closing speed. And like many of the great defenders, Jack, he's got these go-go gadget arms that just somehow <laughs> when you think, oh, he's not going to quite get there, his arm extends another metre and a half outside of his body line and somehow he just gets a fist in there. But the one thing that I... I hope people recognise with players like him and always mention when they speak about him is his competitiveness. So, you know, the Tigers picked him up. I don't know if he was end of the first round or maybe just the start of the second, but his number one quality I would expect when they were looking at Noah Bolter as a junior was this young kid just has a crack. He's just prepared to go to the whale time and time again and put his body on the line and he just does not want to lose. And I think that's just one of the greatest qualities of any AFL player, but in particular, a key defender. I was going to say, in, in particular, a key defender, when you're playing on the opposition's biggest forward like a Tom Hawkins, because every contest is a fight, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, the most dangerous thing about being a defender is if you clearly make a mistake, it's a tangible result. It's a score against you. So it's really easy for us to sit back and be able to judge you because we can see if you know Tom Hawkins, for example, kicks a goal or if he doesn't kick a goal based on one particular moment in the game. But within that, I mean, the courage and his development already to not be 
intimidated by guys that are bigger than him, for him to take the body position or the ground position that he thinks is best. You can't say that about a lot of guys because the easy option would be to play back shoulder and to just back in being a little bit quicker than your opponent. But he doesn't do that. He plays his percentages. It's not everybody's percentages. He (laughs) plays his percentages nearly every single time. He'll come forward when he has to. He'll mark the ball when you think he might be in a position that he should punch. But I think we're all jumping on board the excitement of this young guy because he's growing before our, our eyes and he has this year. He's been exceptional. Nick Del Santo joining me tonight here on Time On. All things rolling towards Saturday's grand final. Dal, the Cats have really made a happy knack in this final series and, and for a lot of the year, but particularly in the final series, we've seen their possession game work so well for them. It dismantled Collingwood. They maintain the footy. Kick mark, kick mark, kick mark, and, and tire Collingwood out by defending. And then against Brisbane, they were plus 65 in disposals, plus the best part of 21 in handballs, and their inside 50 numbers were much higher as well. That possession game has served them so well this year, hasn't it? It has. And, I mean, the first question is, do they play that same style again this weekend? I, I think that is their, that's their 101. That is their baseline style of football. And it's been theirs for... It almost feels like a decade, to be honest with you, Jack. Like, we go back to probably Bomber-Thompson time. They were the team that evolved and changed the disposal game where the numbers just went through the roof and they had the kamikaze handball off the half-back line. So they've been the leaders in this particular style of game. I mean, they do it at GMHBA Stadium. When you think there is no space, they still continue to play this game. So I see this weekend not changing one bit, even though they are coming up against a team in the Tigers that just prey on turnover. They just encourage you to think that you can handball through their defence and they turn it over and ultimately probably ram it back down your throat. But I can't see either team thinking that they're going to change anything different to who they've been this year and for previous years. But that, that short game, and then the other one is, I guess, the conditions. You know, it's meant to be slippery, dewy, rainy, stormy. It, it has never phased them. You know, they've got exceptional skills. I, I think they're... Their balance amongst their plays in regards to skill level is as good as anybody else in the comp, hence why they can play that style of game. And I don't see it being any different this weekend. But I think if you're Damien Hardwick and you're Richmond, you'd be speaking about it and say, hey, this is our opportunity. We want them to think that they can get through our defence. And then it's up to their team defence just to be able to sit back and just pick the right moment to try and turn it over. But it's high risk, high reward. Yeah. That's the current game. I'm glad you mentioned that because... I wanted to ask you what it looks like if plan A breaks down. So if Richmond, if Richmond, and this is, I know these are all hypotheticals and we're talking about a grand final, but if Richmond are good enough to put enough pressure on where Geelong are starting to be hurried and they can't go with the, the sort of game plan we were talking about, what does plan B look like for the Cats? Well, one thing that the Cats have done in recent years is they go wide out of defence. So I don't expect that to be any different. But what that allows you to do, and if you do go a little bit slower and you speak about the high um, kick mark game, it actually allows you to set up your defence behind the football. So it gives you some sort of protection, but it allows your defenders to find their direct opponent, to have an extra behind the football, whatever their setup may be. But that is a great question, Jack, and that is one thing that we need to see how it plays out. Because when the Cats have been stifled a little bit with their ball use, and we go to the game where they played the Tigers this year, it looked different. And with the really good teams, you can see the difference quite clearly, I think, when they don't get exactly what they want. But I think what we need to appreciate with both of these teams is their plan B, C and D is also really good. So it might be, you know, with the conditions, it might be more longer kicks down the line and they might play for yardage 
and then have the talls down the line, for example, and then just back in their small half forwards and midfielders just to get to the front and just take the yardage. And hopefully the game's a beautiful looking game, mm. you know, on the eye that we can sit back and go, gee, this is just great passages of play. But playing against the Cats going back quite a while, they're happy to play hard, dirty, hard-nosed football, whatever the terminology you want to use. They've got other gears as well. So I wouldn't be shocked if they had to change gears and still have a positive outcome. Are you expecting any tags? But both of these midfields all year long and their coaches have said, no, no, we back our system. It's our midfield versus anyone else's. So will we get that? Will we just get one-on-ones on the weekend? Or do you think that someone will get a role on someone? You're trying to rev me up here, aren't you? No one plays on anyone anymore, Jack. No one has I know, played on anyone I for know five how to years. push your buttons. You know that. <laughs> it's, uh, this is sort of another conversation, and you and I are lighthearted about this, but there's never a better time in AFL history to be a young, <laughs> up-and-coming ball winner that can read the play and run well because no one goes near you. It's a beautiful game, this one, at the moment. Um <laughs> I, I think, so let's just speak about a couple of the key players, first of all. So the, the obvious answer is Dusty Martin and probably Dangerfield on the other side of the field. I, I don't expect them to go a genuine tag. The days of you know Cameron Ling and Kane Corns and some of the best taggers of the modern era, I don't see that happening. And I don't think that anyone on either side probably has the capability without practicing it for a period of time to execute it. But what I would love to see, and I hope this happens on the weekend, that no matter where Dusty is or Danger is, they always have somebody on them. Yep. Now, that doesn't mean that they are tagged. It doesn't mean that they're not part of the team defence and ultimately taking the most dangerous player. But what we saw from Dusty last week, and I get, mate, to be honest, it's probably the last three or four years. It, it still staggers me that they can run around with that amount of space. I, would, I think they just should have mechanisms defensively that if Dusty's in the midfield, they have a priority player that goes to him. And as soon as they go forward, you hand him over. You don't let him run free. You hand him over to a preferred defender. And probably the same with Dangerfield. But obviously the complication with Danger and Dusty as well is how good they are as just genuine key forwards. But no, I don't see a genuine tag to answer your question. But I'd love to see a little bit more accountability and responsibility from an opposition player. Who's winning this game? (laughs) You know what? I, I love the question because I honestly don't have a genuine answer for you. And I'm not saying that because I'm trying to sit on the fence. I think this is as good a 50-50 yep. flip of the coin that we've had for years because of, like, sorry, to, you know, without going on for too long, but last year it was an inexperienced Giants team coming up against what we know is a hardened premiership team of years gone by. These two teams are so similar. These two teams age-wise, games played-wise, finals experience-wise are so similar. That's why I think it's going to be a ripping game. I just can't see any team, you know, in old terms, not turning up, not bringing the right mentality, not bringing their A game, because they're far too experienced for that. So with no confidence at all, I'll say the Tigers. Yeah, um, I know I'm one of plenty that are finding it really, really hard to split at the moment. (laughs) Dal, thanks for letting us pick your brain. I really appreciate it. Thanks for your time tonight. Always good talking to you. Appreciate it. Nick Del Santo, our man. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.